Welcome back to the Long Acres Finance channel, where the focus is on dividend growth investing. September marked a new record month for dividend income across my portfolios, and quarter three of 2022 set a new record as well. Today I want to share with you the amount of dividends I received last month, how this year is shaping out thus far, and also give you a closer look at my entire portfolio. Let's start with the good stuff. In September, my portfolios paid me $404.28 in dividends. This was the first time my monthly dividend income surpassed the $400 mark. The previous highest month was June of this year, where I received $379.59. The new monthly record is about 6.5% higher than the prior record. I was very excited to see this number, and to see that my dividend income continues to increase in this sour year. September marked the end of the third quarter this year, and the total amount of dividends I received in quarter 3 was $747.32. This was the first quarter to crack the $700 threshold, as quarter 2 of this year came up shy by a few cents. In terms of quarterly growth, Quarter 3 was about 6.8% higher than quarter 2. Again, it's pleasant to see that this part of my investing strategy continues to produce better results. Comparing total dividends for the month of September, between this year and last year, the level of dividend income increased by 58.63%, a pretty phenomenal growth rate. Quarter 3 of this year was also about 60% higher than quarter 3 of 2021. As you can see, the red bars in the two charts here, that represent dividends received in 2022, are much higher than the blue bars that show dividends for 2021. I expect this trend to continue in quarter 4, and that total dividends received will set another monthly and quarterly record before this year is over. Through September, my portfolios have paid me $2,031.51 in dividends this year, which is already 25% more than the total I received for all of 2021. It's unlikely that I will hit the $3,000 mark for the year, but I should come fairly close, maybe somewhere between $2,800 and $2,900. One other metric I track is the total dividends received during the past rolling 12 months. After the month of August, this figure was $2,402.73, and after September, it increased to $2,552.15. So the growth pattern continues, and I expect that it will, as long as I continue funding my portfolios, don't make too many moves in terms of holdings, and none of my positions cut or eliminate their dividends. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's take a look into the future now, and what I expect my portfolio to produce in the next 12 months. My annual dividend income forecast for the next 12 months is $2,965.53, which is $1.70 lower than my estimate from a month ago. Even though I have added more money to my portfolios, and invested that cash into dividend-paying stocks, my income projection has come down. The explanation for this is me shifting my positions around. I eliminated a few holdings during the past 4 weeks, and redeployed that capital into stocks I project will offer better returns in the future. These transactions resulted in my dividend yield taking a small hit, and I actually have a few more moves I'd like to make before this year is over, so it's likely my dividend projections will not grow much in the next few months. My dividend yield right now is 2.63%, which is up considerably from 2.37% a month ago. This increase is primarily driven by a decline in value of my holdings, and not as a result of me investing in higher yielding stocks. My yield on cost remains flat from the prior month at 2.4%. Two of my positions generate more than $200 in annual dividend income, Aries Capital and Main Street Capital. An additional five holdings generate more than $100 in annual dividend income. T. Rowe, Stag, Realty Income, Morgan Stanley, and Amgen. Texas Instruments is very close to crossing the $100 threshold. 
Blackstone and Best Buy are not too far behind either. And both of these companies were actually not part of the top 10 dividend payers list last month. Both of these companies pay very generous dividend yields today, and therefore any contribution I make pushes the annual dividend income up pretty fast. I think by next month, at least one of these two stocks should be projected to pay more than $100 annually. My dividend forecast for the month of October is $169.37, which would be an improvement from July, where I received $158.57. November is also slated to set a new Schedule B record, with over $200 of dividend income. For December, however, I am showing a decline in dividend income compared to September. This is just an estimate, and it will change based on my future contributions and dividend reinvestment. But as of now, I'm actually showing that quarter 4 will not surpass quarter 3 in total dividends received. The margin isn't wide, with the projection being about $6 lower than the total dividends paid in quarter 3. Considering that I will make more moves in my portfolio, this dividend forecast will likely change, so I guess I'll just have to wait and see where I finish the year. Dividend growth has been pretty strong for my portfolio this year, with the average growth rate being 12.57%. This is actually very good considering I still have 17 more dividend increases that haven't been announced. Okay, let's have a quick look at how my portfolio changed during the past month. The market value of my dividend portfolio sits at $112,803.88 right now. This is approximately $13,000 less than a month ago, so a pretty bad couple of weeks we have had here. My portfolios continue to stay above $100,000, and I hope that they do if the spare market persists for much longer. My top 10 holdings make up 28.88% of my entire portfolio. Last month this figure was 27.84%, so a little more than a 1% increase in concentration at the top. T. Rowe continues to be my largest position, although its allocation has shrunk since last month. Right now the position makes up 3.39% of my portfolio, whereas a month ago it stood at 3.56%. I still believe T. Rowe is a great deal at today's price, but I also want to take advantage of a few other opportunities, so I haven't added more money to T. Rowe recently. My second largest position, Charles Schwab, is actually very close to T. Rowe now with a 3.32% allocation. A strong day or two might see these two positions swap places on the top 10 holdings list. Humana isn't too far behind either, sitting at 3.21%. The fourth largest position is Amgen, with a 2.86% allocation, so the gap between the top 3 and number 4 is pretty significant. Rounding up the top 5 is Mastercard, with a 2.8% allocation. The next 5 positions are all relatively close, all between 2.58% and 2.72%. If we look at positions 11 to 20, they all have allocations between 2.2% and 2.48%, so actually the top stocks are relatively close to each other. A little more than 52% of my portfolio is allocated to just my top 20 stocks, all of which you have probably seen on my high growth and high yield watches during the past few months. The only exceptions would be the 4 REITs and BDCs I have talked about separately on my channel. My best performing stock continues to be ADP with a 42.5% gain, with UNH sitting pretty close with a gain of 38.61%. Principal Financial Group is also up over 30%, with the rest of the top 10 being significantly lower. I am actually considering moving out of ADP, in favor of a few other stocks I already hold, so it may not be on this list in the near future. Also from the top 10 performers here, I have Jack Henry and Associates and Rollins slated for a closer review, to see if I want to remain in these positions for the long term. The fact that these companies have a positive return thus far, is not a factor for me considering selling them. All of my buy and sell decisions are based purely on business quality and future growth estimates. The sector breakdown remains pretty unchanged from the prior month. Information technology continues to be the largest sector in my portfolio, with financials not too far behind. Last month, these two sectors made up a little more than 51% of my portfolio, and this month this figure increases slightly to about 53%. I added a new section to my investment dashboard since the last update, the sector performance, that shows me which sector is driving my overall return. 
Right now it looks like healthcare is the best performing sector, with a gain of 12.85%. Industrials and communication stocks also have positive gains right now, with the rest of the sectors all sitting in the red. I'm not overly concerned with how each sector is performing, but this was a fairly easy automated add to this dashboard, so I thought it would be interesting to look at going forward. My long-term goal for these portfolios is to hit a combined market value of around $3 million. This figure is based on what I intend to contribute to these accounts over the next almost 30 years, and some assumptions I have made about long-term performance. I think given that I have 3 decades to go, I can hit this goal. My long-term target dividend yield is about 2.5%, which would mean that these portfolios should generate about $75,000 in annual dividend income in the final year. Looking at where I sit today, and where I envision being in the future, you may think it's a little unrealistic, but my assumptions are based on long-term historical returns. There's no guarantee the future will be as good as the past, but I like to stay optimistic. My focus is to invest in quality companies that I believe will continue to grow in the future. I favor dividend growth over dividend yield, and I'm perfectly fine with my dividend yield falling down to 2% or even lower in the short term. Today, dividend yields are more attractive than just a few months ago, so it's relatively easy to pick up great companies with a 2.5% or 3% dividend yield. This won't be the case in the long run. When the market flips to the next bull run, valuations will revert back to normal and dividend yields will start to decline. Companies with above-average dividend growth rates will offset some of the decline in yields with higher dividend rates, but I assume a few years from now my dividend yield will be lower than it is right now, at 2.63%. How are your dividends doing this year? Is your dividend income growing, and are you starting to see the impact of a dividend snowball? A bear market should speed up most dividend snowballs, as your reinvested dividends are locking in higher dividend yields, 